You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. Hello and welcome to the Ricky Long Podcast, the special 32 episodes coming between me and other group fitness professionals spread throughout the UK, Europe and the world. Had so, so much fun delivering these because I truly believe that every group fitness instructor, every group fitness professional has a journey and business that is unique to them but there are so many people that can be inspired and follow in their footsteps you know I love the quote walk you can walk the same path just walk it in your own shoes and throughout this series I hope that it it certainly brings value to you but maybe there's someone someone in your life that you can share these episodes with share the the thoughts and theories that we chat about and maybe be that bridge for someone to start something or maybe you've been a bridge for someone in the past and you can relate to stuff. Uh, But listen, just before we go into these episodes, just want to quickly let you know about other ways just to make sure I you and I are connected in the best possible way. So I do two things which you can get involved with. I do the Ricky Long daily emails. So if you like these podcasts, you can also wake up to some texts from me every single morning. I will send you an email at 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. Literally, that content can range massively. It can be fitness content, mindset content, business content. It can actually just be what I ate for dinner the day before. (laughs) Um, so you can find the link for the Ricky Long daily emails in the show notes. Secondly, you also find a link for our open Facebook group, which is called Procrastinating with Ricky and Lindsay. So Lindsay and I run a Facebook group where we just invite anyone and everyone who the vested interest is you're just interested in being in a really, really positive Facebook group environment where you can either learn some stuff or just escape and just chat and connect with people. Uh, so we have daily posts in there, daily tasks, and it's, it is that just connect with other people. So it's called Procrastinating with Ricky and Lindsay. You'll find that on Facebook group. You'll find that Facebook group in the show notes. And like I said, it's completely open to anyone and everyone. Lastly, we have uh, podcast sponsors, which I need to let you know about. We have Jump 4.2, which is my coaching program specifically designed for fit, group fitness enthusiasts. So if you do group fitness classes, if you take part in group fitness classes, if you're an instructor of group fitness classes, this program is designed with you and minds. What we look to do is connect the mindset between your training and nutrition and work towards the goals that we will set out on a one-to-one basis and then you can join in the group process. So we have our own online learning and educational platform that will take you through the 12 weeks we have our facebook group which is where people will hang out it's our private jump 4.2 facebook group where there are over 200 people who have already gone through this and now work to help and support each other and just for these podcasts of 32 and 32 there is a discount code attached 
that will give you a 100 point discount from the advertised price so on the link that will take you straight to that discount if it doesn't the discount code is podcast discount all capital all one word that's podcast discount all capital all one word uh, so you can check that out and there's obviously information for you to read on the show notes and then our biggest sponsor is podium for sport podium for sport are one of northern ireland's top sports retailers uh, they operate right in the center of belfast and they specialize in sports equipment sports products sports clothing for schools commercial gyms and home gym fit outs you can check out their website www.podiumforsport.com you can see them on all the social media platforms podium for sport pretty much just one word and they will pop up they have a massive massive influence and platform on their twitter and their facebook please do check them out and i have a special relationship with putting for sport because they're also sponsoring me on my expedition and my iron man this may 2020 in lanzarote so they're helping me out with a lot of kits a lot of equipment and a lot of support so a personal thank you from me to podium for sports and lastly just before i pass you on to the episode it would mean a lot to me and the podcast guests when you listen to this any feedback you have it means so much um, we love it when you screenshot things and put it on social media especially instagram stories because what that does it helps spread the message even more so if there's something that you like and you can share it with another person it really is the whole point of why i started doing podcasts in the first place but it's really really why i wanted to do these this special 32 and 32 because if you're going to listen to this instructor myself as a group fitness professional and what we're chatting about if it resonates with you it is going to resonate with somebody else who's perhaps in the same position as you so we really really do appreciate it when you like share comment feedback whatever it is means an awful lot that is me done with the introduction. We can now dive in to the great content. Hope you enjoy the Ricky Long Podcast 32 in 32. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. Welcome in on to the podcast. It is Lauren McDowell or Lauren McDowell. It depends where your accent's from. Hey Lauren. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm very good. I am um, for the listeners, it is nine o'clock on a Thursday morning, <laughs> and I am on um, my first Red Bull, but I've already had two coffees, so this is going to be a energetic conversation, probably 99% Ricky Long and 1% Lauren, but anyway, who is Lauren? Where are you from? Where do you come from? Um, so I'm Lauren. I am a mum, part-time fitness instructor. I stay in Aberdeen, but I... I was born in Motherwell. Mm-hmm. I decided I've been in Aberdeen since I was about six years old. So, um, so that's me, Mum. Did, yeah, that's did it. Did not know you. Uh, you emigrated north to Aberdeen from Motherwell. Um, what I also liked about that is you're probably the first person on these podcasts who has led with your family situation and that you're a mum and then you're a group fitness instructor. So I love that. T- tell tell us about mum life. Mum life, um, mum life actually led me to becoming a fitness instructor anyway. Okay. Um, 
So my son, he's nine, he's going to be 10 this year, and he's acting like a 19-year-old already, um, but I love him to bits, of course. Um, he's well into technology, but he also loves um, music, he loves fitness, um, so that helps helps me as well, so mm -hmm. it's obviously rubbing off on him a little bit. Um, basically, after I, ha after I had him, um, I needed to get out of the house. Mm -hmm because I was stuck within four walls being just a mum. And because my previous life as a, um, I was in retail management for a long, long time. Right. So I was in the service. I was doing the, not nine to five, but it was like eight till eight, no mm. weekends, no social life, none of that. So my, my friend circle was the people I worked with. So as soon as I changed working to becoming a mum, I didn't have, I didn't have friends. You know, I don't yeah. have any friends at all. And my my partner works offshore. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was two weeks on, two weeks off. So when he was away for two weeks, I was literally on my own at home. Yeah. And it was, um, I got postnatal depression. Um, I Honestly, it was like surviving from day to day, like just existing, literally mm -hmm. to keep my son alive. Um, so I started getting out the house by going to the gym. And I started on a Thursday morning doing body combat. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my day. That was, my, that was the day of the week that I just was able to have the best time because I got to go out. I got to speak to people. You know, I got to actually speak one-on-one -on -one, face to face with a person, which is something you don't get to do when you're sitting at home by yourself. And yeah, that was it. That's as soon as I started doing that, I was like, I love this so much and I need to do it. And because of having my son, um, there was a creche on site. So the creche got to look after him while I did my class actually there. So I didn't have to leave him anywhere. It was very cost effective. And then as he's grown up, I've been able to work my work around his school hours. Mm -hmm. So it, I am a mum first because if anything happens to him or if I have to do anything for him, the work can be dropped. The work can be put to one side because he's my number one priority. Hmm. So definitely mum first, part-time fitness instructor second. Love that. Love the message in there and what's kind of hidden in there, which I'm going to draw out just to draw to people's attention. It's you know, postnatal depression. It's actually got really, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not going to say popular, like here, yeah, it's got popular. Everybody wants postnatal depression. It's got that's a stupid thing to say. Um, people have become really, really aware of postnatal depression, and it's not the taboo subject. Um, and even a little bit, and it probably should be more prominent for men postnatal depression um, mm -hmm. and how it affects men as well. And what you've just given an example of is not the typical response. So it's a, oh, I've got postnatal depression. What should I do? Doctor puts you on medication. That's kind of it. You spiral in the depression, then uh, doctor put you on medication. But what you kind of did was you found exercise, which served you. And, you know, it's, I, I could see in your face, the podcast listeners won't have seen it, but the almost, you were reluctant to say it. And then you were really pleased you'd said it. And that combat became your day. Your day was all about combat. And it's how important part that played. And I know we're talking about body combat. And you might, people listening to this might be thinking, oh, they're, they're promoting combat, promoting Les Mills, you know, all this. It's not, it's exercise and it just, combat was your vehicle. Um, yes. It was essentially exercise, yeah. So 
Um, fast forward, you know, people will know you as, you know, a Les Mills instructor. So it started, talk us through that journey. You started, you turned up for this combat class. You probably didn't know what it was. And then how long did it take for you to, to then become an instructor? And what did that process look like? How long was it, et cetera? Fill in the blanks. Okay, so um, just to go back a little bit, I did actually do I postnatal did actually do the doctor route first because uh -huh. I didn't know what to do. Um, and it did give me medication, but um, other people who have been through that same sort of situation, whether it be postnatal depression or any other anxiety or stress, and you're given medication for it, you actually feel like you're failing because you need medicine for it. Mm -hmm. So I was so reluctant to take it. Um, but thankfully I did find the exercise. The exercise was what brought it out, what you know, brought me out of this hole. Um, how I became uh, an instructor was I just loved being in that environment. I loved the people. Um, I, I just loved moving to music. Like music is so big for me. So just being in the environment where I could just do the choreography because I've, I've loved dance like since I was young, but I've never been good enough to go far. I'm quite a jack of all trades. You know, I can do things well, but I can't do one thing amazingly well. So I'm quite happy with that. I'm cool with that. Okay. Um, I completely disagree, but yeah, continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I remember, I, because I went to my Thursday morning class every single week, uh, a cover instructor came in and they looked different. They taught differently, but it was still combat. And I thought, you know what? I, I could do this. If it doesn't matter what you look like, if it doesn't matter what your body shape is, but you can still go out there and inspire people and have a great time, then why not? So I just asked the, um, I, I asked the, the cover instructor actually, I was like, how do you get into this? And she's like, you need your ETM. Mm -hmm. Rewind about nine years. Uh -huh. <laughs> when I was 17, I um, I did a course of fitness, health and exercise at college. And one of the extra modules was exercise for music. So I did it and I passed it and I did nothing with it. I got a full-time job because I got a, a house. So I was like, I can't, I don't know what to do with this. And Les Mills didn't exist in my head. So I didn't have like a, a platform to do it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Something that if you just basically go out into the world, how can I be a fitness instructor? I just didn't know how. So I went to full-time work, um, worked my way up in retail, and then just so happens, like nine years later, oh, yeah, that certificate that you got, that is actually what you need to take this step forward where you want to be now. So you could call it fate, you could call it coincidence, I don't know, but um, the stars kind of aligned at that point. I was like, right, let's do it. And I booked my combat training, and that's it. Been there just over seven years now. I was just about to ask, so on a timeline, when did you do combat? You say seven years ago? Yes, yeah, so seven years past November. Um, uh, no, December, actually. It was, it was December. Uh, I booted combat first, but I ended up finding Shabam. Okay. It, um, it was getting launched in the club I was a member at. Um, the instructor, Gillian, she'd come from Norway, uh, back to Aberdeen. So she, she launched it. And after the launch... The launch was on the Sunday, I believe. I booked on the training for the following Saturday mm -hmm. <laughs> in the November because so, I was like, I have to have this in my life. So this was, this was 2013, just to use really boring Les Mills language. What release would Combat and Shabam have been 
Do you remember? Uh, Shaban was release nine and okay. Combat was 54. Okay. That's good. So, so, so people will understand that maybe yeah. they'll have like timestamps in their heads rather than yes, timestamps. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah Shaban nine. Um, I trained with Phil and I met some amazing people I'm still friends with and I love to see them every so often. And then, yeah, Combat was 54, but because it was in the December, the launch was in January for that release. Mm-hmm. So it was a proper sweet spot for me just to go in and start teaching that new release pretty much straight away. So. Excellent. And, you know, maybe, you know, fast forward to now as such and, you know, how many classes a week are you teaching? What different programs are you doing? Because um, I know it's not just Combat and Shabam now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I teach around about 10 classes a week, mm-hmm. um, leaving some space for cover and space for my own training. Um, I teach, so combat, shabam, jam, pump, and balance actively. I'm certified in CX Works, which you know, because you did yeah. my training. Where we met. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. And and we had lots of lots of fun. That was a great module. That was, um, was in the leisure center on the beach. Because yes, yes. I remember it was my first ever time in Aberdeen and on the Saturday it was the most beautiful weather and on the beach you could see all the windmills out, you could more or less see Scandinavia, it was it was just such a clear day and then the next day it was biblical mm-hmm. storms and you couldn't even see the beach <laughs> and I was like, oh, so this is what they're talking about in Scotland? Yeah. Fast forward five years, and now I live in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's exactly it. Um, I also remember you doing grit on our module when we were having lunch. Mm. Um, and I was like, "You're crazy!" This, mm. <laughs> but if that's what you want to do in your lunch, great. I don't tell it. don't tell any of the listeners listen to that because you know initial module trainer doing CX works and then you're doing grit at lunchtime. You send a mixed messages for your lunch and you do that. But it's just it's it's what I do. Um, I, I did my training for body step and born to move as well I did teach body step um for a while but I just didn't have a class I was covering like once every six months and I was like there's no point in me paying for this yeah. and taking the time to learn because people out there who know body step know how to learn body step it takes ages mm. so yeah it just it wasn't worth the time so I focused on my main five programs and then I'll bring up CX works every so often one thing you said there which perhaps a lot of your members listening to this you know might have raised a couple of eyebrows at is you said you do 10 classes a week which mm-hmm. allows you time to do your own training so the the typical attitude is that is why are you doing your own training if you're already teaching 10 classes what would your response be to that well it's teaching classes is my job it's my it's my career as much as it's a hobby and it's how I got started you know teaching classes because I love doing classes I have to be fit to teach those classes I don't go there for my own workout I go I teach for them Uh and I mean if I was to participate in someone else's class my output would be bigger I would get a bigger workout because I wasn't thinking about everyone else in the room I wasn't thinking about making sure that everybody is getting everything they can out of the workout plus I I like to do other things I like to you know I like to go to the gym and lift weights wasn't always like that but I do now um and I've started taekwondo I don't know if you know that I feel like a crossfit or a vegan because I keep telling everyone I'm doing taekwondo now <laughs> <laughs> but um I feel like just telling everyone yeah I do that just in case cool. you didn't know 
Well, about just um, in case you didn't know, I'm doing an Ironman triathlon. Down. I'm not sure if people know that. So, uh, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I kept that secret. Uh, so, what so, do you what do you do if you find if so? How do you, how can you tell if someone's a vegan or a crossfitter? Like, don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it, and that's what I'm like right now with Taekwondo because I just I'm really enjoying it, and yeah. I love going to the gym as well. I set out. Like I've deliberately cut some of my classes back, so I've got more time for me to train and okay. recover better as well. Um, so is and it also, full, is it really innocent question here? Is it like full contact? Um, well, to be honest, right now I've only been going for about a month. Mm-hmm. It is it is full contact when you spar, yeah. but you do have head, you have like headgear protection, of course, yeah. like the 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 mitts and the the, the foot pads and things. And the younger ones, they wear like body armor as well okay. along the cliff. So I've not sparred yet, but because I'm focusing on the fundamentals, the basics, getting all that right. So knowing how to punch, how to kick, the, yeah. the surfaces of everything, um, almost like the, the ways and the movements of Taekwondo and how it's different from other martial arts. Um, you know, like the, the relax and then the tension at the end and, and finding that almost flow into uh-huh. the next movement. And learning some patterns as well, like katas, uh, which I need to do for grading to get to the next belt. Oh, I love that. I love that. So what's, what, what is the next belt? Or is, what, what color is that belt? What's, how long will that take? Um, so the, the next one up is yellow tags. So I'm on white belt just now. Just uh-huh. um, You basically get yellow tag on the end. And then the belt after that would be yellow belt. So I've got a grading at the end of March. So I need to, to perform certain moves. I need to perform the patterns and I need to know certain terminology, like the Korean words for certain parts of the body. All right. Okay. Um, so learning that, uh, and because myself, my partner and my son are doing it all together, we're all learning together. So we're challenging each other and saying, Hey, what's the, what's the Korean for, you know, for the, the knife hand and the four fist and, and, you know, when, like, who created Taekwondo and where was it founded and all these sorts of questions. We just kind of pop quiz every and just keep it good. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I think if I were to go and do Taekwondo, I would just stop at the yellow belt. Just because just it's yellow, I would just get my yellow belt and say, right, thanks, <laughs> finished, completed it. <laughs> it's still good, though, because it's still a... You know, that's a couple of belts up. You have to learn quite a bit for that. So, mm. so uh, p- people have asked me. So, there's the 10k swim coming up again at the end of this year, and obviously, I'm doing the Ironman. And they're like, you know, what's next? Are you going to do like an ultra marathon? Um, mm-hmm. you're going to do the swim, and I'm just like, well, I could, but it is a question of where does that stop? Because you, you know, you would end up doing, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a marathon's not enough, so you do an ultra marathon, and then. Mm-hmm a 50 mile marathon isn't enough. So you do a hundred mile and then you do, you know, the seven days, uh, marathon de Sables in Sahara or there, or you do the Antarctic run. So, you know, where does that stop? And I was kind of just flirting with the idea in my head. It was like, what about like some sort of martial arts mm-hmm. and just go and get my shit kicked in for, you know, a, a couple of months. Cause I would be so bad. I did jujitsu. I think every kid went through a jujitsu phase. Um, <laughs> up until I was about seven or eight. Oh, I remember the hip throw. I remember not being able to tie my belt and constantly mm-hmm. having to have sensei um, fix the belt for me. 
but I could do nothing. I couldn't even do the hip throw right. I was even back then. I was just muscling people rather mm. than using my entire body. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, no, so watch, makes watch, sense. Watch this space. Maybe at the end of this year, you and I could have a charity fight. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Format. Um, I'd love to see your flexibility. That'd be great, just to see see your kicks. You know, mm. after all the running. <laughs> I've got a really good shin kick. <laughs> nice. You know, we're not allowed in, in competition. It has to be above the waist, uh, above the hip. I'll have to change my discipline then. Maybe, yeah. I'll, just do, maybe I'll just do boxing. <laughs> yeah, keep upper body. You've got the fingers. You just can't show off your calves, you know. Oh, there's so many drawbacks to this sport. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Although, in fairness, you, you, you said um, about where does it end where you know like mm -hmm. when you start something like where does it go um that's actually why i started taekwondo i mean i've always had a love for martial arts i love martial arts movies and you always want to be like the martial artist you see on screen of course but i i i also wanted to get my teeth into something i wanted to become a beginner again and learn mm -hmm. and absorb yeah. everything that was part of it and also just you know have i mean you know the Les Mills culture from like bar say the last maybe nine 12 months it's a lot of it's been feedback based and mm -hmm. you film for feedback you get the feedback you apply the feedback and then you go on with the aim one the aim two and so on that disappeared and I almost felt like I'm stagnating I mean I can obviously improve myself I can go and research things for myself but I like to achieve but not yeah. not go off. But I like to know that I've got something else to go to. I don't like being in the same place for very long. So I thought martial arts is the way to go because you improve yourself, you improve your fitness, which is great. You work as a team, but at the end of the day, it's on you. You're the one who has to put the work in, and you're the one who has to stand up there and do your gradings. You're the one who has to stand there and spar and do it for yeah. yourself, and you learn from every experience. And that's why I wanted to do something because I just want to keep learning. Plus mm -hmm. I, I went there, we did within the first three weeks, we did our fitness test, um, which was quite fabled because I know some of the people who go to that that school. So it was the bleep test, a push-up test and a sit-up test. If any group fitness instructor was to see the type of push-ups and the type of sit-ups, they'd be like, oh, you can't do that. That's contraindicated. <laughs> um, but. But I, I went in and was like, you know what? I'm not here to be there and say you shouldn't do it like that. I'm coming in to do it their way and not to judge and just, you know, absorb every single part of it. So I was doing the push-ups the way they wanted them to do, which was hell, by the way. But it's going to get me stronger. And the sit-ups were like full sit-ups with your feet in butterfly position. So feet together, yeah. knees foot out, and all the way from touch the behind you on the floor to touch in front of you on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I want all of that. I want the discomfort. I want the things that's, you know, the fitness industry might that I'm doing it because they've been doing it for a very, very, very long time. Mm -hmm. It can't be all that bad, you know? It can't be that bad. There's people who are extremely successful, um, extremely fit, extremely flexible, strong, all ages, all shapes as well. Um, seen people come in. I've got an older gentleman who comes in. He's a blue belt. And he might not be the most flexible guy, but when you stand there with a pad 
and he hits it, you are flying back into the wall behind you. Yeah. He's, he's followed the discipline. He understands it. He's applied it. So anyone can do it. Even, even you, even you with your shin kicks, you could do it too. <laughs> I, th- I think with, with martial arts, there is that never ending kind of journey and learning because there's always someone in martial arts who has more knowledge, is bigger, is stronger, can do a move that you haven't seen before, or a combination, you know, or a, a strike, wh- whatever it might be. So I think that's where, and it's it's been, I've, I've never had this, but you know what, I listen to enough podcasts, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. Um, obviously, he's talking a lot, a bit more about MMA, and he's saying it is the most humbling experience to get choked out, to, mm-hmm. you know, to be vulnerable and have that moment where you're like i'm i'm not in control and it's you know mm-hmm. cliche but lean into this discomfort and you'll come out of it stronger so you'll know all right you choked me out because you put me in a leg guillotine or whatever it is so i now know not to put my head between your legs you know what i didn't know that beforehand but you, you get what i mean you know so there's yeah. always that growth and learning from it so i, I can see how martial arts in general loads of different disciplines can just get so addictive and as as you just said there at the end is anyone can do it you just need to be a reasonable level of fit and healthy um you, you can do it even now with you know certain you know disabilities you can still do some sort of martial arts you know it's become really yeah. accessible to all um mm-hmm. I think I'm talking myself into doing some martial arts here, Laura. I think this is... You should. I want to edit this bit of the podcast out so I don't have to commit to it. (laughs) I'll mention it. I'll drop it in somewhere so you can't edit it out. (laughs) Oh, maybe maybe the next Jump Live, we can have, you know, like, we can have boxing matches and taekwondo matches and an MMA cage in the middle for the breaks. Maybe that could be the next Jump Live yeah yeah and you'll you'll have to get someone it's like winner stays on in the cage yeah <laughs> yeah everyone else could just filter in and just winner yeah. stays in there until i've got i've got it i've got it jump fight night oh that sounds great yeah i will be there i will be there. <laughs> <laughs> <It's old. laughs> I, I think it's really interesting that you, you've started that and a lot of your members will be sitting listening to this um they're like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, she does her 10 Les Mills classes per week. She does her own training. And as part of that training, it, it, it's you're doing Taekwondo. So I guess I'm trying to link back into you teaching you, your classes. And what, what is it you love about teaching your classes specifically? I love the people. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're friends. Like most of the people like I, that come to my classes, especially the Beach Leisure Centre, because that's where I've taught for the whole mm-hmm seven years um i just love seeing those faces and knowing their names and getting to know them as people and then when they come to class we can just be comfortable in each other's presence i guess Mm -hmm. um i also like knowing that i can make a difference in someone's day yeah it's just literally they got out of bed this is the one thing they wanted to do today and they've come here and i'm I'm like yes well done Mm -hmm. that's amazing sort of celebrating the little victories. Um, I've had people come into my class who've been signed off work mm-hmm. for um, health issues, uh, depression, stress, anxiety, 
and for them to tell me you've given me the confidence back I needed to go back to work you've made me feel so much better I mean that I mean that's priceless you can't you, you can't say that's a bad thing to, to be able to put yourself out there and just what you do just being yourself leading a fitness class can make can really make someone's day if not more it mm -hmm. can make their week um also I just I love music I love moving about to music I love dance um I love a bit of banter mm. yeah I just it's the people if without the people I don't have, I don't have a passion for it either if, I, if the people aren't there yeah and there's what you said at the start there it's it's the effect you can have on people's lives because mm -hmm. I think we're all guilty of, of this we get into teaching classes because we love the class you know we enjoy being the center of attention we've got the microphone on you know everybody look at me blah 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 but it's when you get that comment from the member that goes beyond fitness goes beyond weight loss tone up strength and to say you know i love coming to this class because you know i've got friends here and this is part of my life like you said you've been teaching in that leisure center seven years like I bet there's a few members in there who you have been consistent for those seven years. Yes, there's actually people there who, when I was participating in the combat class, they are still doing combat and they're in my class. Love it. They've been there longer than me. Like, and they're still there because it's just I don't know. It's a part of their life. It doesn't have to be about yeah. fitness. It's about losing weight. It's it's it makes them feel good. It it's part of a community. I mean, I think that the Beach Leisure Center is one of the best communities of people because there's no cliques everyone helps everyone there's so many different age groups that it covers um we kind of have this it's almost pay it forward but you don't have to say it um so if someone new comes into body pump and say for example i'm either helping someone or i'm setting up the music um and i don't catch them as soon as they walk in the door then someone else will mm -hmm. and they'll be like hey do you need a hand setting up and they'll go and set them up or if someone comes in literally as I've just pressed play, I've got the bar in my hands, and they'll see someone pop their head in. And it's someone I know, someone I've, I've seen before. Um, I'll be like, come on in, just grab your bar. And I guarantee you at least three people will put their stuff down and grab something. So someone will grab a bench, someone will grab a, a bar, someone will grab a mat. And that's it. They're set up within seconds because there's this just great community feel about it. And that's what I love. I love that. If you could bottle that and sell that, I mean, how how much would that be worth? Oh, like priceless. <laughs> there's, there's, you can't put a price on it because it's yeah. people's feelings, people's emotions. Yeah. Um, it's nothing you can quantify. You can't yeah. put a number on it. You know. It's it's an age old quote. You know, humans by nature we have this really unnatural desire to belong to something. You know, it's why it's why men. I was nearly so sexist there. It's why. <laughs> Men for generations, not just men for generations, go nuts on a Saturday following their football team all around mm -hmm. the country because it is just that need for belonging. And it's the same thing in the group fitness studio. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I know women like football too. And, you know, women do group fitness classes and men do group fit classes, just in case anything comes back <laughs> of that. The Ricky Long podcast is a fully open organization. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is it is just that need to belong to something and it like it's it's mental. So I I was home last 
no, it was before that. It was the start of December when I was back in Belfast and I went and taught in the studio where I first started teaching. Mm-hmm. Now you're, t- you're talking 2010, 2011. And I walked in there and there were still some of the same members there and they were standing in the same place. Mm-hmm. And like the, yep. wel- the welcome they gave me, like, I, was so, I was so grateful for it. And it was almost a little bit like, it, it is as if time had stood still. And, you know, we, we'd gone back in time and everything just felt the same. Um, and it's funny, I, because I was in the same environment, I used some of the same jokes that I would mm-hmm. have used 10 years ago because it just came to me. And yeah. like, well, let's say it landed. It landed with half the room who kind of knew me and the other half of the room who are, you know, new to the gym maybe in the last six months, five years, and no idea who this idiot at the front was with, you know, this really, really cocky attitude thinking, where's Kirsty McConaughey? She's meant to be teaching this class. Here's Ricky Long teaching this class. And this guy's a bit full of himself and I'm like yes I am it's like I built this studio I built this studio <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's and I, I love what I love what you said there just about it's when when you have them together and they've been coming there for seven years and it is you, you go through life experiences or I bet you have seen so many babies being born yes babies <laughs> um birthdays is parties uh, what you say about the babies being born is because I do daytime classes I do the 9 30 the school time it's when parents have dropped their kids off at school uh-huh. or the parents have come in to put their kids to crash at a normal time so not the evening because the crash isn't open so I get to learn more about their families then maybe you would do it maybe a 6 p.m sort of slot because mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh after work straight in you know, beast the workout and go home sort of thing. So I get to hear about their their kids who are going through their like theater um, stuff, their dance school things, stuff they're doing at school, their projects. And then I see all the kids going to creche who are babies just growing up into little people. And I'm like, how did you get so big? It's just, yeah. it's, but it's it's amazing to see, it really is. And it's good for the kids as well not only being in the, the environment of, of fitness, but being social with other kids at an early age means that the transition to school is much better. So it works out really well for both parties. 100%. If, if, if baby, stroke child, stroke child, toddler sees mum going to the gym, you know, they, they, they see everything and hear everything. So uh, yeah, that can all be positive. Um, do, do you think a lot of your members will listen to this podcast? I'll be linking them to it. I'll be telling, hey, come and have a listen. I'm bigging you up. <laughs> Who, who's your favourite member? Oh, no, no, no. I don't have a favourite member. Um, I don't have a favourite class because every class gives me something different. Every, every interaction gives, you know, a different feeling, a different atmosphere. Um, I will big up my my Tuesday body jam class though my my girl band Tuesdays not exclusively for girls however I must say equal opportunities um, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we have a, a regular bloke who comes along and he slays he absolutely kills every single move in body jam it's is incredible it, is it Nelson he slays any he doesn't need to come to my class so he does that all the time 
Um, but the the Tuesday group, it's the same sort of core group of people and it's lots more, I mean, not, I mean, I'm quite relaxed anyway, but it's even more relaxed. Like mm -hmm. sometimes to be like, you don't need me to use the microphone. We've done this release for a couple of weeks. Let's just have fun with it. And we'll, we'll you know, maybe make some dirty jokes and <gasps> other things like because we're very comfortable with each other. Um, and it's a slightly smaller class as well. So that's a very different atmosphere to my Wednesday. For example, yesterday, um, I, I do jam and combat back to back. My jam class was packed, absolutely packed. And it was insane. Like it was so much fun. It was the best feeling you can get when you when you put together a routine, you look out and you see everyone is nailing it. Mm -hmm. And then the combat after that. And there was a moment in combat where it almost felt like the energy sucked out of the room. It was after track four and everyone was almost like dying on their feet. I'm like, right, we need to get through this. So I changed my playlist on the fly by track seven and I put in Blade. You remember Blade? Uh, it's, yeah. it's not from your release of combat, so I don't know if you know. Um, but <laughs> I was like, I'm going to change it. And I put Blade on because I know how they would react to that song. Yeah. And place erupted and we managed to finish the workout really strong. So I think when you know, you start to know the people, you start to know what makes them tick and you work together to create an even better atmosphere so yeah you have <laughs> i think some of the best instructors for any program are the ones who can react like that and change something in the workout on the fly as you said um you know this used to really really frustrate Lindsay. we would be going to teach a class together and she was what tracks are you teaching and i'm like i don't know i'll do like two four six and she's like yeah but what tracks are this I, I don't know i'll pick one in there and she was how do you do that because she would she would know her playlist beforehand and mm -hmm. she would be able to do to be fair lindsay she would be able to, if she's doing a remix she will also then at any point be able to do like the current release or the previous release or the next release just depending on where we are in trainer land um whereas i I know all the 80s and the 90s pumps, like the back of my hand, because I taught it so many times. So I could drop in, like yesterday, for example, I did tracks one to four of 113. Shh, don't tell anyone. And then the net, the rest release were all just completely random from pump 86, 89. I couldn't even, I'd have to think right now because it was just going to the playlist. And I think when you can do that as the instructor, and react to what's happening in the room and drop a track like Blade in or you know the standard combat one is Pirates of the Caribbean, even though mm -hmm. no nobody can really do the arms, they just enjoy trying to do that weird sword around the head thing. I know I've tried, I'm one of them, I can't do it. So uh, I think that's really important. One thing you said which pe people are going to raise eyebrows at is you were saying your, your jam class is packed and the reason why I say people will raise eyebrows at that is because jam traditionally isn't the popular class in the UK. So what do you think makes a good jam class? And how do you get a jam class busy? Because you're you know, you're obviously getting them packed out every Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, it's it's getting people in the door. Um, as, as you say, it's not the most popular, but over a long period of time, especially before I started training on it, before I did my training, 
when I mentioned body jam to other instructors who don't teach it, it was, oh, that's too hard. That's too hard. Yeah. People won't get it. People don't get it. And I'm like, but, but really? Why don't they get it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and did the training anyway. Um, the club got the license. I was like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the training because I hadn't actually been to a class. I'd only saw videos on YouTube. Um, videos of the UK team, videos of, you know, like the Sizzlers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, from like Stockholm and, you know, the big events. And I was like, I need, I need to do that. That's just like amazing stuff. So I, in fact, I did one class before I went on module training and it was, let me get this right. I think, I believe it was the first GFX in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. I think it was called GFX. Um, at the university. Yeah, Napier University. I was there. Yeah, that's the one. yeah, so that was my very first event, like proper event, not quarterly, for, for Les Mills. It was my first experience of Body Jam. And it was Body Jam 64. And my my fitness manager, the fitness manager from the beach, um, he was super supportive. It's a shame he didn't stick around. But um, he was there. He, he built the timetable and stuff and worked on the, the licenses. So he came with us to experience the day as the manager, not to get involved, but to just watch and soak in everything. So Jam was the last session of the day. It was late on, much smaller crowd. And to quote his words, um, just I, I was front row and he was like at the back corner of the hall. After the session, he said, it took you approximately three steps to get from there to there because you were literally floating after that experience i was i it was incredible it was something i'd never experienced in my life it was like a nightclub you know sort of cream fields big you know massive event but it was in this hall at napier university Uh and i was like okay i have to bring that i have to bring that and i was so glad i did it getting people in the door and trying to change how people think about what body jam is is the most important thing anyone can dance anyone can dance i don't care what anyone says i've got two left feet i've got no rhythm i can't move my hips doesn't matter if you can literally move any part of your body while there is music playing you can dance and if people get out of their own heads about it they will stay because a lot of the time the first session people go to body jam they look themselves in the mirror i can't do that i look Mm -hmm. stupid but when they stop thinking about how they look and start focusing on how they feel and how good the music is and the, the feeling of everyone in the room moving together, even if you go in the wrong direction or turn the wrong way or use the wrong hand, it doesn't matter. It's the feeling. And when you just let go, magic happens. Hmm. And that's why my, my Wednesday class has become properly busy, properly busy. I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's taken time. But you can speak to Nelson as well and Kelly. We're the only three jam instructors in Aberdeen. And we are so passionate about that class. I mean, we're passionate about all of our classes, but those ones in particular, because it's been so hard to build. Yeah. And we would do absolutely everything to hang on to that and to make ourselves better and to get more people in the door to experience it. Because once you get that feeling, there's nothing else like it. And you don't want to stop i kind of want to do jam right now i kind of want to yes, come to that class yeah you told me on cx works training that you need to jam with me you wrote it on my sheet at the bottom in the comments box and that still needs to happen 
Is there any chance of you forgetting about that? No, never. Oh, I'll have to do it's also, it's all, it comes up on my Facebook memories as well every time. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, tell us, um, do, you get, do you get quarterlies? Do you do jam quarterlies? There is none up this way. Yeah. The closest one tends to be either Glasgow or Edinburgh. Um, and basically, my family circumstances, um, I don't drive, so everything is yeah. you know, Um, I tend not to be able to get to them very often. So I tend mm-hmm. to do tribal gatherings if I can. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I can experience it. Um, although when they come to um, when they come to Glasgow, I'm normally there as a tribe coach. So I'm normally helping. And sometimes I don't get to jam because I'm too busy helping, you know, moving equipment or, you know, helping out in a room. So sometimes I'm like, well, maybe I don't tribe coach this time. Maybe I just go and experience it. So Absolutely. Screw that. Somebody else will lift that equipment. You you go dance. You yeah. dance. I'll uh, lift that equipment for you. Because the last one was Body Jam 90 Kelvin Hall mm-hmm. with Phil and Shay. And the microphone wasn't working very well. It was very echoey. Couldn't really hear what they were saying. So for the warm-up, they had the mic on. And after the warm-up, they were like, no, take it off. And they did yeah. everything without shouting. Yeah. Without any anything that would get in the way, it was just them, the music, and just their their hands, their body, and it was incredible. It was just incredible. Like anytime yeah. someone says, "I don't know how to teach without a mic," in case it breaks part with your class, I send them the link on YouTube to a clip of that because it was a masterclass in how to engage a room, not in not to get them to do it right, but how to engage a room in something so amazing that everyone can do together by simply using your hands using your body using your face as well very much facial expressions connection with the people it, it can be done and it can be done very well there so, is nobody better in the industry than teaching without a mic than Shay. oh I've, absolutely incredible. I, i've seen her do it so many times with with shabam jam um combat she's just incredible she's actually in my opinion she's really really underrated and it was a long time long time coming when she got that call up to jam film in amsterdam was her first time i want to say yes that's right yeah Yeah, i mean 84 yeah i mean like when you consider how long she's been on the team and she's been at that level for that length of time um Mm -hmm. uh, she's just uh, she's incredible to watch um, yeah, to watch is she's a lovely person as well um yeah we've had some conversations before and just the way that she looks at life and the way that she she approaches things just so fresh such a fresh approach to everything yeah. Love you, know, you know she did her pump training recently did she yeah she's kept that quiet she has kept that quiet uh, oh but oh no wait maybe i did see something on that she, but yeah, she, she hasn't been talking the streamer from the rooftops about it, but she'll be <laughs> she hasn't she, been an amazing she, she will be an amazing pump coach. She no texted me and she said something along the lines of, you know, um, so go on, what do I need to know for pump training? And I just wrote back, dancers can't lift weights. Oh. And that triggered her beyond. She said, what do you mean dancers can't lift weights? And I, and I just said, you know, the wee fishing emoji? <laughs> back oh, to her. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so um, we we've been chatting ages. You you were wondering how long 
Well, what was it you said beforehand? You wonder how interesting you were going to be? This yeah, could be a really I'm, short podcast. Yeah, I'm really boring. I'm quite basic. I don't think I'm going to have much to speak about, but yeah. <laughs> far from it, far from it. Um, you mentioned there about Tribe Coach um, and the kind of, well, what, what Tribe Coaches do at Tribal Gathering is you, you support the day. Um, everything from registration to watching in and sessions to lifting equipment, et cetera, et cetera. So what what do you do as a tribe coach? How long have you been a tribe coach? What is a tribe coach? Go. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been a tribe coach for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, a tribe coach is someone who is a volunteer who basically steps up and says, right, anyone can contact me from anywhere in the UK and I will help them through their instructor journey from from when they book their training all the way through. So um, prepping them for IMT, just with the basics, making sure they understand how to read the choreography notes. Once they've done IMT, it's getting them into the studio, either you know one-on-one session looking at technique or just getting them into class team teaching, um, finding platforms for them to film their assessment. It's not always practical for them to use a live class. So sometimes you have to say, right, okay, this studio is free this time. Let's gather some people. I'll be there to either participate or be camera person or to work your music. And it, almost like a soundboard. Um, I kind of open myself up on Messenger to say, look, if you're going through your training or if you have any questions, just fire them at me because there's really no such thing as a stupid question. And so I get I get the questions through and I will make sure that everybody's quite comfortable, as comfortable as they can be going into initial module training and to start teaching, especially for the first time. Um, initial module training from, from Les Mills compared to other programs is, is really good. However, it doesn't teach you how to be an actual fitness instructor, the basic things you need, things like insurance, like they don't, t- don't tell you that on initial module training. So it's good to s- speak about stuff like that equipment they might need like a mic belt you need your own mic belt you need preferably your own headset if not the little windshield um for people who are already fitness instructors like yeah we know that but you don't know when you first step in so we're those people who are basically repeating that information but it's important it's really important um for a long time i helped people achieve elite or just give general feedback so people are looking to improve their their teaching whether it be their coaching or their technique or the connection, um, I would take time to look at their video clips and send them back either video clips of uh, like technique fixes, you know, like try this, try this. Um, or I would give them like, a, you know, ideas of how they can look at their coaching, not telling them how to do it, but giving them ideas on how they can focus their coaching. Mm-hmm. For example, when I was helping people towards their elite, the biggest thing that held people back was CRC. Mm-hmm. It was actually looking at the room mm-hmm. and seeing people, not thinking about cues they have to say and getting fancy, you know, layer three motivational stuff out there because they need to do it. Yeah. I try to get people to pull back and say, look, once your layer one's out there, you need to look and see what the room needs because you can have an amazing layer two cue saying, you know, do this because this is the benefit of it and then link it into some lyric in the music. Yeah, it sounds fantastic, but who's it for? You know, is it for the assessor watching on the camera? It's the class you need to teach. 
you need to be their coach. And as much as there were tick boxes for getting elite, if you tick the box, you didn't coach the room. But if you coached the room, you ticked the boxes anyway. Mm-hmm. You understand? You know? Um, I, I know, yeah. Yeah, you, of course you know. Um, so I was trying to get people away from the tick box thing and start thinking, you know, what do your people need? What do the people in front of you need right now? Do they need anything? Do they need a smile? Do they need to hear the music more? That was where I went with it. And that's, I, I feel, the biggest tool I had to help people get further. Now that tribe coaching has changed a bit, there's no elite anymore. Touchpoint videos are a thing and people are using them more often because um, everything's included in the cost that, that we, we have each quarter. So I've not been as busy lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a few people, participants coming through as instructors now, which is great. And But I normally have quite, a, you know, I'm quite present on social media. For a while, I did Tribe Coach Thursdays. That was... For, for, a two, for a while two, about two and a half years <laughs> Why? every thursday without fail um it was my thing yeah it was my thing it didn't come from anyone else it i had a thursday quiet day and i thought i'll do something and it became a good platform to connect with people as a tribe coach our um what we wanted to do, what the company wanted um, tribe coaches to do was to help get more instructors, get more engaged instructors and um, better instructors. So I thought, well, the the more instructors, there's only so much you can do with that. The more engaged stuff, however, that's what I wanted to focus on and the better. So if we can actually focus on those people and try and just enhance their experience or the experience they give to people, that's better. Hmm. so my tribe coach thursday was sometimes it was random stuff other times i really put a lot of thought and um almost scripted like a you know drew pictures and did other things about it and i got guests on it you know like other tribe coaches to to come on and and say their piece because everyone's got something to say everyone's got information that even one person can find benefit from um so i i took a step back from that and i am now really focused on not under the tribe coach umbrella not just in facebook i'm more on instagram now and i've been focusing on body combat at the moment because Mm -hmm. it's a widely taught program and participated as well because so many people just love body combat and i want to give them something that they can't get in a normal class because time just doesn't allow you know Mm -hmm. you can't spend a whole track three breaking down what an uppercut looks or feels like how can you do that how can i use the platforms to give more information give value like you say all the time it's about value how can i give value to people so that they can then go to their next class either as an instructor or participant and feel more confident get a better workout and it takes time it takes tweaks it you know it's never comfortable changing but hopefully in the end they will feel better for it and i've really enjoyed doing the videos as well um because, well, I like to talk, as you can tell. I like to talk. (laughs) So there will be more coming. Um, I'm just trying to make it as relevant as possible. I'm not just going to throw something out there just for the sake of making a video and putting myself on screen. I want it to have have actual value, to have real-world value that people can take away. Um, So my next one's a little bit of a workout 
okay. to um, so that people will be able to train in a style of body combat, you know, the train to teach thing um, or the, the something where in class they can't really get it because it's quite fast. They can break it down, make it slower and go into the gym or go into an empty studio or do it in their house and almost refine some of the basic mechanics of how to make something work in body combat because at the end of the day a lot of the movements can be broken down into sections and that's kind of what I want to do make it as simple as possible so that when they put it together with the complex stuff they're getting a great workout and they feel good I've, I've just loved listening to you for the last couple of minutes it's been brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant um, I think I'm, I'm going to just uh, draw people's attention to a few things you said about uh, CRC so for those unfamiliar a CRC is connect recommend and command back in the day CRC used to be layer two coaching that's all layer two was CRC now things have changed um I'll leave my personal opinions to the side but CRC is hidden somewhere in the connection section of a module and by that point in the module you're an R13 14 and everyone's absolutely wasted mentally and physically um what I will say is when you do an IMT with me CRC comes out pretty damn early in layer two in fact I'm actually that cocky I tell them during the master class that was a CRC remember this moment um so a CRC if you're an instructor and you can CRC your layer one layer two layer three coaching model actually doesn't matter because connect recommend command because you've probably done layer one two or three during a CRC um and then the the second thing you said I might put you in the spot here um you said about the videos you're putting up on Instagram. So they are on specifically your Instagram TV, IGTV. Where can people mm -hmm. find you on social media? And I'm going to link them in straight away anyway. But what's the, the handle? Um, Lauren underscore McDowell with an A double L, Ricky. Mm -hmm. A double L 85. <laughs> McDowell. Yes. McDowell. <laughs> Lauren McDowell from Motherwell. <laughs> and. I was thinking this, and then you said this, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to have to put her on the spot. I was thinking, right, I'm going to remember that, so I was going to stop recording. I'll say to you once it's all fair, but I'm going to say to you when it's honour. What about... What about... Will I word it this way? What about a Tribe Coach podcast? Hmm. That's interesting. But... And I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this, so as everybody in Les Mills land hears this, lead from Lauren, don't lead from Les Mills. So it's called the, the Lauren McDowell podcast, and it's directed from a tribe coach point of view to mm -hmm. help, yes, other tribe coaches, but specifically other instructors, and then mm -hmm. make it accessible to members as well, because nobody's doing that. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll help you get it set up. It's very, very simple to get a podcast set up. It used to be dead complicated. Honestly, so simple right now. You could have that up and running. You've already got the content because you've got two and a half years worth of posts in that Facebook group that you can mm -hmm. just search for and regurgitate. Yep. Yeah, there's, could... lot, there's lots. Um, there's so many aspects of teaching that some people do it automatically. They don't think about it. But yeah. when you're starting out or maybe you've been doing it so long that you start to lose touch with some of the stuff that you can do. Um, there's so much to get out there 
and I just want as many people as possible to hear it. So, yeah, absolutely. The Laura McDowell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, we, we better round this off uh, soon. So, um, I will go back to our script now. And I always ask people the question, you know, what, what would you change about the industry? What frustrates you? And what would you change if you were boss of the fitness industry? Okay, what annoys me about the fitness industry is coaches bad-mouthing other types of exercise. Mm-hmm. I think combat's horrendous. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combat 46, was it? No, that, that, that one's good. All the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the PTs who bad-mouth group exercise. It's the group exercise instructors that bad-mouth PT mm-hmm. because I, I'm assuming it's because they fear... For their business they fear that they will lose people to the other side yeah. and when i teach a fitness class i am in no like i understand that this might be just a starting platform for some people yeah when people want to come for results group fitness is fantastic for fitness it's great for the group environment there are other ways to to get what they want to reach their goals and i mean if if you were to put in a nutshell, what is the best thing for fat loss, for example, you would have an optimum, an optimum thing to do. So it'd be like lifting weights and, and so on and so on. So you can't really lift weights in a combat class, but combat makes you feel good. You can have them both. And if someone was to say to me, look, I, um, in fact, this has happened before. Um, someone who comes to my classes for a good while and they're like, I think I'm ready to step out of my comfort zone now. I've got a, a gym program and I've got a PT so you won't see me very often if at all i'm like fantastic because you have the confidence now to step into that space yeah i just wish that everyone could think like that and understand that yes they might have an optimum way of doing it and a great way to get results but it's not the only way and not everyone comes to the gym to lose fat 100 percent. you said it right at the start it's it's a insecurity it's, you know, me as a group fitness instructor, you know, if I hear the PT slagging off the group fitness classes, it's it's because the PT is thinking, all right, there's 30 people going to that class. I just wish one of them would train with me and vice versa. If I'm the group fitness instructor and I'm slagging off the PT saying those exercises are dangerous, that, that routine's unsafe. Well, I actually don't know what's going on. I'm thinking, well, because I do Les Mills and we squat bum the knee height and the knees are in line, everything is safe and anything else is dangerous. But I actually don't know what's going on in the client's world or the PT. They could be expert sports scientist qualifications. Um, and I'm just making that two, three second judgment thinking, why are you PT in there and paying him 40 quid? You should be coming to this class because, you know, it's free as part of your membership. Um, work, works both ways. It's, a, it's an insecurity. It's that there is no one size fits all. And whilst a group fitness class alone will not get you into elite physical condition, the same would be said about one PT session a week or one type of diet. It's it's the overall adherence. And if you enjoy doing your group fitness classes and you enjoy doing your PT and it's on that pathway to elite physical condition, should that be your goal? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I could not agree more with you. It's that. Why is everybody, nobody is your competitor. P- people might be your rivals. And it's mm-hmm. when you see people as your competitor, you, you start to go internal. Mm-hmm. But when you see people 
as your rivals, you start to grow and, and there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's not, there's not better combat instructors or body pump instructors than you. There's just rivals who, because you're all trying to do the same thing, or rivals trying to do the same thing, a competitor is trying to win. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to do the same thing. And that's yeah. the PT and the group fitness instructor, your rivals, but you're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to give people a fitness journey. Whereas too many PTs, see other PTs and other fitness professionals in general or other, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Other types of fitness, you know, CrossFit or dancing or, you know, calisthenics as competitors. That that method doesn't work. Our methods are better. So hold on. All methods can work if you, you open your mind to that conversation. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Last couple of questions. This question you didn't get sent to you, but you will have heard it on the other podcasts. Uh, so to give people context, this is, I think we're on day four of the 32 and 32, but you're going to be number like 21, 22. You know, by the time this podcast was out, you know, the whole the whole world will have changed. These storms will have moved Scotland in some way, shape or form. Um, so books, what books have you read recently that you've enjoyed? Who would you recommend it for? You could have listened to them. Um, the, I'm not a big book reader mm-hmm. and if it, if I do read books it's normally fiction books on the beach when I go on holiday mm-hmm. um, but lately I uh, got an audiobook of The World's Fittest Book mm-hmm. by Ross Oakley yep. and that was it was amazing it was so good it's, it's anyone who's got an interest in fitness or wants to understand about different types of training and how the body adapts that's it's, a, it's an incredible book um, I just I loved listening to his, his little anecdotes about how he went to different parts of the world and saw how people just lived and how they did things and there was no there was no question about it he's like right I'm going to do it like you I'm going to take that on board and I'm going to feel it for myself and understand yeah. for myself and I loved that but then it all linked back to types of training and nutrition and mindset and it yeah, it's a great book. Everyone should uh, listen to it or read it. Yeah, that is a listen twice, read three times, listen four times book. There is so much good stuff in that. Have Have you finished it? Yes. Yeah. Though there's a great section in it when he's talking about um the the rope climb. Oh yes. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he climbs a rope to the same height as Mount Everest in 24 hours from memory. Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's up and then he's down and then he's up and then he's down. And he talks about the, the actual training he was doing for it. Because when you climb a rope, it's, you know, it's 90% biceps and 10% everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was talking about the training. He has to do that and the difference between concentric training and eccentric training. And mm-hmm. that in itself transformed how I have been training for swimming, for endurance sports. Because you don't, long story short, you don't feel pain after training from concentric loading. You can just keep going and going and going. The pain you feel after training is mainly from eccentric training. So, you know, a two second up and four second down would be eccentric. You know, negatives is the common word. Um, so it really, and my swimming has transformed with that because you think all you do, all, all you do in most cardio sports is concentric. Mm-hmm. it's just push push it's shortening of the muscle under load you do it when you run you do it when you swim you do it when you row because it's just it's the concentric and then the eccentric phase tends to be momentum 
Mm-hmm. So it momentum and little effort, I suppose, is a better way of saying that. So you can really, that's why you can just pack in so much volume. That's why there's not much difference. People are going to laugh when I say this. There's not much difference between running 5K and 10K. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of, it feels the same. You just get used to that feeling. It's not that it feels worse. Um, then I would say the same from 10 to 20. And I would imagine it's the same from 26 miles marathon to a 50 mile ultra marathon there's probably not much difference in terms of feeling you just maintain that feeling for longer and that book of world exclusive that book is going into the syllabus of the new jump 4.2 so in, in week week one people are going to get a book and in sorry in week one to four people are going to get a book and in week five to nine if those numbers work are going to get a book and that's that's the book they're getting in the second block mm-hmm. Fantastic. yeah such a powerful book mm-hmm. um and then the last one what items under 100 pound have you bought recently that have given you great value uh well i'm into my music as i said i love music um so i need a good set of headphones for the gym i have these um which are uh-huh. mpows they were like they're like 20 quid from amazon um, however, and you're going to like this, uh, as a Christmas gift, because my other half didn't know what to get me, I got a set of AirPods. Um, I'm not an Apple person, uh-huh. but the AirPods are actually really quite good. I really quite enjoy using them, but they are not under £100, I believe. Um, no, they're uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got an Echo Dot at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, oh my, it's honestly it has changed my dishwashing forever because i'm doing the dishes and i ask alexa to play a song for me from from apple music so there's me rocking out with you know i don't have to touch my phone i don't have to touch anything i can just ask her to play a song and she'll play me a song and it sounds really stupid but is it, it's the things in life is it in is it in the room with you right now not right now no oh no. damn it's it's in my son's room just now. He was listening to to music the other night. Because I was going, I was going to shout and say for Alexa, play Thunderstruck. <laughs> it probably <Sorry>. would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, last one is pair of straighteners. A good pair of straighteners. Oh my goodness, lifesaver for my big curly hair. And we would like to clarify on the Ricky Long podcast: straighteners are not just for women. Men can also use straighteners as well. <laughs> Based, based on our <laughs> earlier conversations. <laughs> yes, equality. Yes. I, I would like to invite any woman with uh, straight hair to come to a football match with me. I will. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll straighten my hair and I'll come to a football match with you. <laughs> Lauren, I have loved having you on here. I am going to put um, your details in the show notes, uh, your Instagram handle. And I'm also going to ask you for that video of, you said that was on YouTube, of Shay and Phil. Mm-hmm. Yep, cool. So if we can get that link so you can see that all in the show notes. But ladies and gents, this is the Lauren McDowell podcast with Ricky Long. Lauren, thank you very, very much for coming on. Thank you. You're listening to the Ricky Long podcast. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for listening. All the links or in the show notes of this. Please connect, please send your love, please send your feedback, and I'll catch you on the next episode.
You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.